Hello, and welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast. I am Catherine White, and I am here with you today to talk about the fact that I am celebrating eight years since I rang the bell and what I have learned in these past eight years. There have been a lot of ups and downs, but I'd like to believe that both have taught me more about myself and how to live with cancer. So today I want to share with you five lessons that I've learned and how they have made a huge difference in my life. Now, if you are new to the podcast, I want to welcome you. You have landed here for a reason that you may not even be aware of yet, but I'm confident that you're going to figure it out. You can find what you learn here to be helpful, perhaps. And if you do, I would love for you to share it with other people so that they can also benefit from this episode. Sharing helps me to support other people who are living with cancer and help them to move from survivor to thriver. And if you want to go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram, I would love to have you as part of that community. You can find me at Catherine White Wellness. Give me a follow, take a screenshot of that follow, and then send it to me in a DM, and I will send you a free copy of my guide to managing cancer in everyday life. All right, we have a lot to get covered here, so let's get started. Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Katherine White, a stage four colon cancer thriver, passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer, and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. As I'm recording this episode, I am celebrating my eighth cancerversary of finishing chemotherapy. That was such a big day for me and my family. We spent all of 2015 as a family navigating my stage four colon cancer diagnosis. So to ring the bell and walk out of that chemo suite and away from chemotherapy was a huge win for us. The year was a tough one. The first diagnosis was um, shocking and difficult to navigate, and then we had to work through the whole plan to save my life, but we did it together as a family. So just to give you a little bit of a recap of me and my cancer story, in February of 2015, I had my first surgery, a right hemicolectomy that the surgeon removed um, the primary tumor and the ascending part of my colon. So having never spent time in a hospital other than to have my sons, it was a very overwhelming experience. And not just for me, but also for my husband who was thrust into the role of caregiver for me and for our teenage sons and somewhere in all of that for himself too. So then in April, I started my first five rounds of chemotherapy and they gave me a little bit of time off after that to heal. And in July, I had the right lobe of my liver resected to remove the cancer that was in my liver. And then in September, I started the final seven rounds of chemotherapy, which led to ringing the bell on December 22nd, 2015, which is why today is my cancerversary. I choose to celebrate this day as a day of reflection. So that's what I'm doing with you here today, is doing a little bit of reflecting. In the last eight years, I have learned a lot about myself, good and bad, and that's helped me to grow into who I am today. So cancer is a funny thing. For me, and maybe for you too, it's been a bit of a mixed blessing. For you know all of the challenges and uncertainty, it has given me so much clarity. I know who I am. 
and who I want to be now. I'm a better human towards myself and towards others. And I see life so differently and I feel my body differently. There's this weird shift that um, happens when you become in tune with yourself, when you actually can start to hear and feel what's happening in yourself. And I think that you can't help but change because you're never going to be the same person. But that doesn't have to be a problem. So in all of this, in rediscovering myself and learning how to live with cancer, I've found that there are five things that I've learned along the way. And I hope you're going to find them valuable and perhaps they might become if they aren't already a part of your life too. So the first thing is practicing gratitude every single day. There have been a lot of moments over the years that I have felt anger and frustration. And it's okay to feel those emotions. In fact, it's good to feel them. We need to feel our emotions. That is where the healing begins. Through expression of the difficult emotions, not holding on to them. Because holding on integrates those emotions into your body. And remember, as I've said before, your body hears everything you tell it. Even when it's hard, I choose to practice gratitude. There is always something to be grateful for. So making gratitude a daily part of my life has allowed me to release parts of my pre-cancer, during cancer, and life with cancer stories. And gratitude has allowed me to grow into this new version of me. When you practice gratitude, you feel more positive emotions, which can help you to move through and out of a place of stuck or overwhelmed in fear. You feel the good experiences on a deeper level because you're more in tune and they are brighter and more joyful and lighter and you appreciate them more. And this has an overall impact on your health, like completely impacts your health. In fact, it's been found that a gratitude practice can help to rewire your brain by boosting serotonin and dopamine, which are part of your happy hormones. So if you find yourself in a space of feeling down, Acknowledge that and then find something. It doesn't matter if it's big or if it's small, but find something to be grateful for in that moment. The second thing that I've learned is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. As I mentioned in episode 3.4, there's a lot of vulnerability in both navigating cancer and in looking at yourself. So there's going to be big questions that come up that aren't just related to the medical stuff. And this can be a time of some pretty serious reflection and questioning about yourself. I want you to be cautious here that you aren't judgmental of yourself, but just that you're curious about the thoughts that you're having and the feelings that you're having and moving through that. So when I work with clients in my coaching business, I use the analogy of putting things in boxes. To avoid discomfort, to pretend like this isn't happening, may feel good in the moment. And you may not be ready to talk about some things or seek answers to the big questions, and that's fair. Because healing's a process, it takes time. But I just want to caution you and offer this, that if you pack all your stuff into boxes and put them on a shelf hoping that they'll just go away, two things can happen. One you avoid in the short term, which can prevent you from looking for what may actually help you to move forward. 
And so instead of moving forward, you actually end up staying stuck. And two, those boxes will eventually fall off of the shelf, barf all their contents out onto the floor, and you're going to have to deal with them. Neither of these options are very helpful. And that's why we're talking a little bit about vulnerability because it takes vulnerability to look cancer square in the face and decide to ask for help, to accept support, to accept the diagnosis, and to look for a different way to live in the now and into your future. And it takes vulnerability to believe that you can allow others to care for you and to be cared for. And this leads to the third thing that I've learned, which is caring for yourself is a three-part process. And I've been asked a number of times to be the coach to people with cancer who are specifically looking to change how they eat. The body is the logical place to go to when you have cancer because that's where it's tangible and easily identifiable and a good place to start when it comes to making changes. Clients often come to me thinking that they need nutrition coaching and they do. On, on the, from time to time, there are people who don't, but on the mo- for the most part, people do need nutrition coaching and that's a good thing. But what they discover as they settle into coaching is something entirely different. They start to see that they can make lifestyle changes, but what they actually need in order to do that is to understand how their mind works, that their thoughts are either holding them back or driving them forward. And in understanding their mind, they also start to see why self-care, nurturing their spirit, is so important to the healing process. So let's start by talking about the body. Like I said, this is typically the first place that people go. Not everybody is self-aware of thoughts and mindset initially, but they do know that they want to try to heal and support their body by making changes. So you do have to look at lifestyle when you have cancer, at least I think that you do. You may already be doing all kinds of great things in terms of nutrition and movement, and if you are, this is fantastic. But I just want to share with you a little bit about my thoughts on the body and the healing process. Health-building food, exercise that feels good for you, for me that's yoga, but it may be different for you, and making changes to the things that you put in and on your body make a huge difference. Your body is your physical foundation. It needs to be cared for, nurtured, and you would do well to accept and love it in spite of cancer. And this leads really nicely into talking about the mind because we do need to understand how our mind works because there are so many thoughts and feelings that are coming up. I was asked once, If I could go back to the beginning of my cancer story, would I do things the same? And my answer is no, I wouldn't. Now that I understand more about how the brain works and the power that it has both good and bad, I would actually start with the mindset work. Your brain is programmed to protect you and lead you down the garden path away from calm. It's designed to put you into fight or flight so that you can get out of harm's way. When you have cancer, you don't want to do either of these. You don't want to get into fight or flight. And let me explain. Fighting is a natural response. In fact, it is what we've been conditioned to do when it comes to cancer. There's a lot of language and a lot of social media around this fight mentality. 
So just hear me out here for a second. What happens when your brain goes into fight mode is counterproductive to supporting you. Your fear, anger, whatever emotion you're sitting in will activate your brain to increase your heart rate, release cortisol to ramp up your energy so you can run, and even slow down your non-critical functions like digestion. Now, I'm not saying sit back and, and wait and watch for things to happen. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. Get proactive. Get support. Start doing the work that it takes to be a survivor and a thriver. Just maybe be mindful of how you feel when you're stressed and when you feel like you have to fight. This is totally a mindset piece. Running away and trying to get to a safe place is also a natural response. All that cortisol is now sending energy to your muscles so that you can flee the scene. But you have nowhere to run that is going to make this stop. So instead, you're filled with a hormone that increases your stress instead of decreasing it. And it's important to know this because you can manage your thoughts, which helps you to manage your health and your life. I've adopted a different way of talking to myself and with other people about cancer. I found for myself that using fight language doesn't feel in alignment with the calm and peace that I'm trying to have in my life. Not using fight language is not the same as not trying. I want to be really clear about that. On the contrary, actually, I believe you can try really hard when you have clarity and calm. And that's when you can see what you actually want and need because your brain isn't trying to stress you out and your body is living with a little bit more ease. And when the tough stuff does come up, you can notice how you are responding and manage it. I teach my clients tools and strategies to manage their mind and their thoughts. And that in turn can help them to support their body and as we're gonna talk about in the next piece, their spirit. Your spirit is who you are. It is you at your very core, and it needs to be loved and nurtured. Now, you may feel inclined to not feel love towards your body or even yourself because of this cancer situation that is happening in your life, but I want to offer to you that self-love and nurturing your spirit is non-negotiable. You need love and nurturing more now than ever. And in the crazy world of navigating appointments and surgeries and treatments and other people and life in general, your spirit, your soul needs to be filled with joyful moments, calming moments, and peaceful moments. Now, take a little breath here. This might involve getting quiet, which can feel really uncomfortable. When you are sitting alone, in quiet with yourself, it can feel really uncomfortable. But it is in the quiet that you can hear the whispers of your body and your mind, and you can start to understand that this is a whole person experience, and you get to take the wheel and steer the car. You get to decide what you want and what you need. It starts with giving yourself permission to hear and feel what you need and then leaning into those whispers and taking care of yourself. 
So to help you with this, I'm sharing a guide to self-care in the show notes so you can be sure to go and download your copy there. The fourth, fourth thing is say yes to fun. In season two, episode 2.9, I talked about joie de vivre. This is one part of being an exceptional cancer patient. And you can go back and listen to that episode and the episodes before and after it that talk about being an exceptional cancer patient. This piece around saying yes to fun is the decision to love life in the moment, to not allow a diagnosis or fear to hold you back. Living to thrive is about saying yes to fun and rejecting a prognosis that can limit your thoughts and actions. I didn't realize how much I had missed out on until I started to say yes. And because I wanted to make sure that I enjoyed my life in the now and my time with my family, saying yes became way easier. I stepped outside of my comfort zone a number of times, like when I decided to buy a motorcycle and learn how to ride it. So not the old me, but this new version of me that wanted to say yes to fun said, you know what, this is a good thing and I'm going to give it a try. Living your life to the fullest is a life mantra. Do the things you want to do. See the people and the places you want to see. Say yes, even when old you would have 100% said no. There are a lot of missed opportunities in life when you don't say yes to fun. Now is the best time to step outside your comfort zone, get creative, take a big breath and just dive in. You might actually be pleasantly surprised at how good it feels. And the fifth thing is that you can do anything that you put your mind to. I have chosen to embrace cancer as part of my life, not as something that happened to me, but as something that happened in me physically and mentally. These last eight years since I finished treatment and nine counting the year I was diagnosed and going through treatment have reminded me that I am stronger than I ever thought I was. That hard things are allowed to be hard, but that we can also work towards finding a way to manage and keep moving forward. A lot of the work is actually in how you choose to think, in how you talk to yourself, in how you move from indecision to decision. There's a lot of control available to you when you step into a thriving mentality, a mentality of deciding that you will, as opposed to maybe you will. You can't always control the outcome, but you can control how you choose to see yourself and how you choose to move forward. And this is good work. It's something that requires you to be aware of your thoughts, but it's good work. Your brain will feed you all the fear-filled and negative thoughts because it's trying to keep you safe. Lovingly thank those thoughts for giving you the opportunity to reject them and instead embrace hope and possibility. One of my first moments when I became aware that my brain was trying to hold me back was after my first surgery. I was at home recovering and I felt myself slipping into a state of self-pity and defeat. Like I did not want to get up. 
I did not want to keep moving forward. This was hard. I wanted no part of this. But a message from a friend moved me so much that I knew I had to shake this slippery slope off and just keep moving forward. That moment, because of that message, was when I decided. And even though I couldn't label it at the time, I had decided that I could do anything I set my mind to. And from there, I've gone on to do things I would never have done before because I just decided that I can and I will live my life to the fullest. And that's my wish for you, that you can see that there are things you can do, that there are opportunities to learn and grow, to heal not just your body, but also your soul, and I dare say even your relationship with yourself. That is thriving. And if you're ready to become a cancer thriver, I would love for you to join my Living to Thrive program. You get access to six modules related to the body, mind, and spirit that's going to help you to develop strategies and transform your life with cancer. It includes recipes, meditations, yoga videos, self-care practices, and so much more. And you get access to twice a month live coaching. But most importantly, you get to start creating your life with cancer based on what you want for yourself. And as you do this, you will find yourself moving out of survival mode and into becoming a cancer thriver. And if you want help making that decision, because decision overwhelm is a real thing for cancer thrivers, I can help you with that too. We can just get on a call and talk about what your needs are to make sure that you get into the space that is the best fit for you. After all, this is your cancer story and you get to decide what it's going to look like. And friends, if you enjoyed this or other episodes, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review wherever you are listening to this episode. This helps me to reach more people like you who are looking for support and guidance and a different way to live with cancer. Hit subscribe, make sure you follow the podcast so you can gather the tools and strategies that you can bring into your thriving life. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day and may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all.